You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I'm coming at you with a titillating reminder that pre-sales for the world's first disability-driven sex toy, the Bump and Joystick, are open right now. You can go to www.getbumpin.com. That's www.getbumpin.com. And you can pre-order your very own Bump and Joystick right now, or you can get a gift card for that deliciously disabled person in your life right now. Do it now. Go get it and be part of this amazing new innovation in sex tech. Thanks, friends. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonapussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own Clonawilly or Clonapussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Happy Saturday to you if you're listening then. Hello, hello. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, everybody. First things first, if you want to support the show, you can do that in one of two ways, by heading over to wherever you get your podcasts 
and leaving us a five-star review. I would totally appreciate that if you're able to. Also, Spotify just opened up their reviewing abilities, so if you're listening on Spotify, if you could leave us a review there, that would be great. I would appreciate it. Also, you can support us by going to the Patreon, and by going to the Patreon, you get the show one day early and completely ad-free, and you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more, or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget, but I would appreciate it What in whatever way you can support us. That'd be great because... I'm a one-man show. I make the show out of my bedroom, and uh, I'd appreciate any help you can give us to make the lights shine brighter on the show. I would really, it would mean a lot. So, if you can, and if you're able to, leave us a review or make a pledge. That'd be great. Okay, now let's get on to other stuff. Just want to remind you also that in every show notes, there is a link to sign up and be a part of the show. I would love for you to come on the show and tell your disability story. Share with me how disability plays a role in your life. Share with me some of the things that disability has made happen for you and to you that were great and not so great. So I want you to come on and share your disability story. So you can feel free to do that or pop me an email at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let me know you want to be a part of the show and we'll book you in. I'd love to have you. But now, on to the show. On the show today, I am releasing an, an episode that I recorded back last April of 2021. I sit down with my new friend, author Bailey G, and we talk about her experiences with spina bifida and her experiences being a disabled person and how poetry has helped her to express her feelings being a disabled person. I really love this because... She reads some poetry for us on the show, and it was really, really fun to sit down with her and talk about how sometimes she doesn't like being disabled and how sometimes it bothers her and how she really feels like most of the time it's not her disability that bothers her, it's the way that her disability is perceived that bothers her and how poetry and and being able to express that on paper and through writing has really, really helped her. Um explore themes of disability and explore what it means to be disabled for her. So I loved doing that. I love talking to creative disabled people who use their their creativity to express parts of their disability and that's what happened here. She reads us some poetry from her book. At the time we recorded this she had a book out called The Many Personalities of Me which she reads some excerpts from And it was just really cool to sit down with her and chat about disability. And I really liked doing this episode with her. And I hope you like the poems that she reads. They're really, really important. And they really shine a light on her experience of depression and disability. And it was important for me to have her on the show. So I really hope you enjoy it. And here's my interview with poet and author Billy G. Right here on Disability After Dark. Billy G, hello. Hello. Such a pleasure to have you on Disability After Dark. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing super well. I, I, you have been wanting to come on the show just before you hit the 
just before I hit record, you were telling me how you wanted to, you wanted to come on forever and ever. So I'm so happy to finally have you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I love being able to, and it's so you you were so persistent, and thank you because I, as everyone who listens to the show knows, <laughs> I am the worst scheduler, and I finally found a way to make the scheduling better. I finally I finally took the plunge, and I got a. I got a one of those scheduling programs that like does it for you. So now I don't even have to think about it. I just look and I saw, you know, Bailey's name on the calendar and I was like, oh, it's Bailey's day to record. Awesome. Because before it was like just me doing it and I am, I am the worst scheduler. So thank you for being so, so persistent. Oh, yeah. I'm very stubborn and I, yeah. <laughs> I will keep emailing and emailing and emailing to get what I want. So, you know, I would have kept emailing you. Well, it worked and I'm so glad you, I'm so glad we finally are doing this. So for anybody who doesn't know anything about who you are, Billy, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Just say hello. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Well, hello. And I'm Billy G and I have spina bifida. Um, but I am a published author of two books currently. I'm working on my third. Um, that's really the most exciting thing about me. Um, other than that, I'm pretty boring. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure you're totally not boring. Um, <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit, because a lot of people, myself included, don't really know what Spina Bifida is or how it I mean, I know what it is, but I've no, I don't know how it like manifests for you. Like, what is what does spina bifida look like for you? Yeah, so I was born with a hole in my back, um, exposing my spine. Um, so it doesn't really affect me that much physically, other than I can't walk long distances, so I use a wheelchair. Um, it affects me more, I think, emotionally and mentally and psychologically. Cool. Did you want to share how, how it does that? Yeah. Um, so I suffer from depression a lot and anxiety. Um, and a lot of that is, um, I think, because of, you know, being disabled and feeling, you know, growing up being sheltered and feeling lonely and being bullied and all of that you know that i'm sure we could all relate to you know in some respect yeah yeah the like the 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 byproduct of ableism and all the things that we have to experience because of disability for sure yeah um so that's really the hardest part for me about living with a disability um but the good thing about that is that I use all my experiences and I turned them into amazing poetry and published two books about it. That's amazing. And I want to get into, I want to get into, like, I want actually to get you to read some poetry on the show for us today, because I think that's super cool. And I want to get to that in a minute, but I want to, I want to ask you about your poetry and I want to ask you about like, what was, when did you, dis- when did you discover that like writing and poetry was something you wanted to do? You know, I've been writing since I was little, but I um I always hated poetry growing up. I hated it so much. Um and you know, it wasn't wasn't until high school 
when a teacher told me, you know, poetry, poetry doesn't necessarily have to rhyme, you know, and from that moment on, something clicked, and I was like, oh, damn, you know, like, maybe I could write poetry, like, shit, let's try this out. <laughs> um, and does a lot of your poetry, I mean, in the two poetry books you've written, I, I unfortunately haven't had a chance to read them yet, but have, do they, do they kind of intersect with your experience as a disabled person? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think all of my poems do. Um, in, in some respect, you know, some deal with depression. Some of my poems are about the physical aspect of being disabled, but some, some of my poems are, are quite happy and, you know, about finding happiness um, and loving myself despite my disability um do you think do you think that the poetry and the act of be like putting the words to paper and putting the words on a page and, and kind of is it cathartic for you in terms of like is it disability like therapy almost oh yeah for sure I'm not really good with expressing my emotions or my feelings so writing it on paper you know for me takes kind of takes takes the pressure away from me having to talk to people about it because I hate talking to people about my emotions. Yeah, my brother, he's a visual artist and he, I think he's very similar in the way that like, he's so expressive in his art, but then if you like, he's also really shy. So if you got him to like sit sit down and, and talk about his feelings, he wouldn't super enjoy doing that. But if you said go on a canvas and write and like, and like draw and paint me this amazing thing showing me how you feel he could probably do that yes so i fully understand tell me a little bit about your latest work which came out in september which is called the many personalities of me which i love so much because it's so it's so like broad and could mean lots of things tell me about a little bit about this book and and um what it means for you well here it is and um amazing amazing i yeah so the many personalities of me i don't really know how i came up with the title i mean i think i i just thought about my depression and my anxiety as different kind of different parts of me different personalities i guess so that's where the title came from um and i have been collecting these poems like forever and ever and ever um, with the intention of publishing them someday. Um, So I just collected all of them and put them into this book. Um, It's it's quite heartfelt and deep and emotive. What was the process of like putting it together for you? What was the process? Did you like think of like different ways to connect the poems together or were you just like they're just all going to be random thoughts how did you did... um no I had to think of like okay which poem am I going to put first and then and then which poems are going to follow after and then well they kind of have to follow you know the same kind of tone and mood and um you know so it was it was it was a process um but and if you... yeah if you could describe the tone of the book, would you say that it's like 
more uplifting or less uplifting or like is what what is when you were writing what was the tone you were going for you know i think and i've heard this from a lot of people like a lot of people have reached out to me who have read the book and have said that it's very relatable and it's very real and it's very raw and um you know people have reached out to me and have thanked me for writing this book because they relate to it and like that's such an amazing feeling now did you write this book for the disability community or was it was it kind of for everybody yeah kind of for everybody i mean i wrote this with the intention of of you know helping somebody who goes through through the same experience whether it be mental illness or disability um feel less alone so you know if it even helped one person then i'd be happy that's great um and so you talk a lot about it about living with depression living with disability uh, or you have even in just the first 10 minutes here but um can you tell me a little bit about how some of, can you share how some of the experiences you went through informed your poetry like can you share some of the experiences that- um yeah um well a lot of my poetry is <clears throat> well there's a poem i wrote that is specifically um kind of i don't know it's I guess I had one of those one of those days where it's like I ah, you know I hate being disabled and why me and you know that kind of yeah um so there's one of um there's a poem like that in there like why am I going through this and why did I have to be disabled you know I have those days um as I'm sure the disability community does Oh yeah, so many of us have those days. Yeah. I had one of those days the other day, so I fully understand. Can you? Yeah. Would you be? Would you be wanting to share some of the the poetry with us and some like a one of the one of your yeah. favorite ones from from the the many personalities of me? Yeah, for sure. I will definitely. Let me look. Hmm. I don't know which one to read um oh okay okay so this one is called lost and this one is about um losing your sense of self and not knowing who you are okay take it away whenever you're ready okay so she's gotten a little lost along the way lost in her 20-something year journey these shadows follow her everywhere She wishes they would just go away. Feeling lost like a little blue jay, lost along the path of worry. Fearing a shadow of a person she won't want to be one day. Lost on the road with the path leading one way. She wants to be a Wendy. Why grow up in such a hurry? A child she wants to stay. Beauty like Snow White, I'll have one day, she prays. Her life has been a little bit blurry. She's hoping that will change someday. The cloud floating above her head is gray, always feeling of fury. She isn't promised another day. 
On her pillow, her head lay, wiping her tears in a scurry, pretending to be okay, lost in the pillow of her worries. So that one was called Lost. And there was so much just in that poem about like body image, about wishing she could find community, about wishing she could look a certain way and be a certain way and act a certain way. And like yes. then, I mean, it, 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 I like it because it's not, it's not necessarily specific to one disability experience or one mental health experience. It's really broad, but even in listening to that little that that poem i could i was like yep i can see myself in some parts there and i could see some of my experience in there and i think those that kind of poetry for a disabled audience is really important well thank you have you i'm wondering because because we don't hear about a lot of disability poetry have you done any, any like any research to see what else is out there and to see if like you have any any contemporaries you can follow or is there is there other disability poetry that we should know about um i you know i i don't really know that much about you know disability poetry or or if there's any other you know fellow disabled poetry writers like i i'm not sure like i don't know that much about it that's okay. I mean, I just thought maybe you had, you had, you were like, yeah, this person's great, but it's okay, don't worry. But I mean, <laughs> your stuff is great. Um, you know, you've gotten so many good reviews on your poetry because I had to look at the reviews people were giving you on your site and some of the, some of the things people have said, they're really, really positive and people seem to really resonate with what you're talking about in your books. What do you think that is? I mean, I think whether it's, physical disability or mental illness, you know, we're all human. We all have the same emotions. Um, we all go through, we all go through shit, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I think, I just think people want somebody to relate to. Um, and I think for the people who are afraid of speaking up, um, you know, this book gives gives them a sense of, wow, somebody out there understands me. Somebody out there, you know, goes through the same thing I do. Um, you know, so it's, it, it helps people feel less alone. And, and, you know, that, that means a lot to me that my book can do that, you know, like, yeah, I, I never, I never imagined that, little me would write a book that would be on Amazon's bestseller list and help people like no <laughs> I mean that's really good that's really really cool and you know very similarly to what you're talking about my uh my journey with being a disability advocate I never thought that this show but like you can see where I'm recording I mean I'm in my bedroom like right now just doing it I never thought that this show would reach all the people that it does and I never thought that like the advocacy that I just wanted to try out and see if it would turn into something turned into like what it has so I fully understand the like the sense of like wow this, this thing that I made when I was just sad or bored or upset is helping someone exactly and I never dreamed I would be 
be talking to Andrew Gerza. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. Dream come true. Oh, I'm so happy. I want to go back to the lost poem and because I want to I want to revisit some of the themes in that poem for a minute. Now, when do you now you, you know, the whole poem talks about a girl who's lost her way. Have you felt mm-hmm. oftentimes in your in your lived experience as a disabled person who deals with depression also that you, you that you've lost your way? And are you like, are you looking for a path home? Um, not so much anymore. Now I'm pretty comfortable and confident um, in my disabled body and who I am and what I'm doing with my life. Um, but, you know, growing up and into my teens, especially in my high school years, because those were god awful, um, I was very confused and I was very um, self-conscious and I didn't really express my emotions. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just very unsure of myself, what I wanted to do, um, and you know, in life at all. Um, right. But now, yeah, now I'm, I'm confident in myself and my, I'm confident in my disabled body. Um, People ask me yeah, this so question, I, all the, sorry. People asking this question all the time. Where is it that you? They they say to me all the time, Andrew. Where do you get your confidence from? And I'm like, I I don't know. It just comes every day. And like, there it is. And sometimes I'm not confident. So for you, like, I love that you said you're confident in your disabled body. Where does that confidence? Where does it come from? And how do you like? How do you cultivate that confidence? <laughs> Lots of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy's good. Therapy's great. Lots and lots of friggin' therapy. Let me tell you, I worked hard to be this confident. Good. Good. Yes. I think, and you know, for somebody with disabilities and who also lives with mental health stuff, how did you find therapy? Did you find it accessible for you? Um, you know, many visits to the emergency room, um, but all in all, yeah, I mean, it was pretty accessible, pretty fast. Um, I didn't really have any problems finding finding therapy. Um, thank God we have free health care. <laughs> that is one of the joys of living in Canada. Yes, yes, yes. It is. Um, but I love therapy. I love I love talking to somebody now. Now I love talking about my feelings, whereas before I was so shut shut down. Um, and I love, I love discovering new things about myself. Every time I go to therapy, I discover new, brand new things about myself and I learn more and more. Um, so that's what I really look forward to. And, you know, cause I've been to therapy a few times and for me personally, I found it really hard because I had to, to explain my disability so much to the therapists and, and kind of the effects of ableism. And I, with one therapist I had, I had to explain what ableism was. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like, I don't, I didn't come to teach you about this. I came for mm-hmm. help. So did you find like in your journey with therapy, did you find that you had to, to over explain your disability to the therapist? You know, I was very lucky in the sense that I, my, my therapist and I, we, we discuss more of 
how my disability impacts me mentally. Um, we don't really go down the road of, oh, what, what's your disability and what what does that mean and what does it do and you know all that yeah. stuff. It's it's more of how does it make you feel and and what as as a you know as a person with a disability, well you know like how does it impact you every day, you know mentally psychologically, so it it really it helps a lot. Um, and I mean I think it's really valuable that the therapist you know instead of sticking to how does your disability how does your disability um what does it look like what is it all that kind of stuff they went right into tell me how it feels and you know from listening to to this show like i say all the time my favorite thing to do is talk about how disability feels um and it's really good to see a therapist willing to go to that emotional place right away and understand the the kind of nuance of being a disabled person and feeling and what it feels like and asking you that so they can find out how to help you. Yeah, um, you know, I, like I said, I always discover something new about myself and I, you know, for years people would ask me, how do you feel about being disabled? Like, are you okay with it? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I love myself. But, you know, in therapy, when I had talked to my therapist, I had discovered, well, no, I really wasn't okay with it. And I haven't dealt with the emotions that I felt, you know, about being a disabled person and, and you know, the why me. And so I had uncovered all these emotions that I never knew that I had. I mean, I think that's also really important to highlight because, and that highlights the fact that so many of us, when we're out in the world in public, we, as disabled people, we put on a strong face and a brave face and a happy face and we say we're happy and it's great and being disabled is a wonderful gift and I'm proud of all that stuff and we don't take time to sit with the grief and the pain and the upset and the ableism and all the things that go on behind the scenes that we maybe don't talk about or that we push down or we push away from ourselves so I'm really it's really important I think and I'm, I'm glad to hear that therapy has helped you kind of bring up that stuff in a way that's healthy and safe for you to do it. Yeah, you know, I actually said to somebody the other day, I don't think it's the fact that I have a disability that bothers me. I think it's the way society perceives people with disabilities that bothers me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I would agree to to an extent. I think um, that society can really be a mind fuck on the way they on the way it treats us, and it really does a one over on how we how we then internalize what they've told us about ourselves and then we bring it inwards. So I think that one of the good things about your poetry is that by people reading it, they might begin to understand disability in a whole different way and, and understand disability mm -hmm. in a way that is more abstract than what they're used to. So I think that your poetry can really help achieve that and bring maybe bring society to a to a place of understanding quicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I would completely agree. I would love to hear before I move on to the next batch of questions. I would love to hear more poetry. Do you have another one you could read for us? Oh, okay. 
Let's see. Okay. Okay. This one. Okay. This one's interesting. This one is called Jekyll and Hyde. Amazing. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I keep memories of you buried deep within my core. Buried so deep that not even a lock and key can access them. Memories that were once happy times, but now a painful reminder of who you are and what you've done. Your smile it captivated me. Your personality, it calmed me. Your words, they hypnotized me, if only for a little while. Only until you began to show your true self. Your true self is one you kept concealed. One I tried to know. It's as if you were playing hide and seek with yourself, evading the truth at all costs, digging the hole deeper and deeper each time. The lies spewed out of your mouth like continuous, uncontrollable vomit, and I was your bucket on the receiving end of your projectile nonsense. Your frivolous little threats, threats were a game I wasn't willing to play, but that was only the beginning. I began to see the real you. You were Dr. Jekyll, but I saw Mr. Hyde. The voices of my inner person, my intuition, relentlessly made themselves present. A disconcerting feeling always followed, smitten for the man who gave me butterflies, who made me laugh, but fearful of the man who threatened me, who warned me not to talk to other males, who warned others to stay away from me, fearful of the man who walked me home at night, who knew where I lived, who, who could have put my life in danger, not knowing he was not who he said he was. Fearful of the man who kissed me time and time again without my consent, who persisted even when I said no, who grabbed my hand and held them like we were an item, who lied about his age, too blinded by feelings to know something was wrong, too overwhelmed by what I thought was happiness to know it was anything but. Still, my inner voice alerts me to something wrong. I try to silence her until that day. Waiting for you, my emotions become louder than ever. Euphoric, the feeling of being in a fairy tale. Nervousness, the reoccurring butterflies. Happiness, the feeling when I saw you and your smile coming toward me. Abruptly, those childish feelings of seeing your crush come to a halt. And my heart feeling like it's being swallowed like hungry dogs. A feeling of confusion. Everything I thought I knew about you proved to be wrong in a matter of seconds. You are a snake in human form. I let you bite me time and time again, but the last time proved venomous. Uh, you're, there's no digging yourself out of this mess. You caused a pain in me ocean deep. My trust in you and anyone is scarce. My pillow, it catches the tears I cry because of you. My heart, it stores millions of emotions I'm too afraid to talk about because of you. My brain is relentlessly running on a high. Questions haunt me recurrently, running through my brain like a hamster on a wheel, grappling with my self-destructive thoughts that what you did to me was my fault, grappling with the fear that you are waiting for me, 
While you continue with your life, your remorse is minimal at best. The butterflies I once had are replaced by dark feelings in my soul. They died along with my feelings for you. I keep memories of you buried deep within my core. Buried so deep, not even a lock and key can access them. But occasionally, there are exceptions. So that one was called Jekyll and Hyde. That was a long that one. Was, it was long and it was really heavy, but I appreciate it because it talks about like so many different themes, relationships, abusive relationships. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I was th- as you were reading it, I was thinking about disability the whole way through and thinking about like how so many of us who are disabled and who haven't yet had the chance to experience relationships will get swept up into in relationships with people who may or may not be abusive because we're excited and because yes. we want to try things and because yeah. we want everything to go to be like a fairy tale so mm-hmm. again what I loved about the poetry is that it it doesn't speak directly to a disabled person but at the same time it totally does and yeah. I could see themes throughout all that that were connected to disability when you were writing that were you thinking about um about disability when you're writing that or was it just a stream of consciousness um well, this actually, that poem was about a, a particular person um, and a bad experience that I had with them. Um, so I was just ready to let, let the words just come out. Like they just, they just came. I just let them come out. Yeah, I mean, and, and I could tell there was one point when you were reading when I was like, wow, she's really, she's, she's. Yeah. He's mad at the so paper you're right probably now. Like, you're, yeah, you're probably like, oh, shut up already. No, 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 of course not. I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, of course, I don't know. I was, I was just like, well, she's really into this. Um, but I, I also really appreciate that, again, the theme of being disabled and wanting to go into a relationship and wanting to try and, and letting someone lead you down the wrong path or lead you into an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. It really spoke to because as we know, so many people with disabilities are at a higher rate of being sexually assaulted and sexually abused. And this mm-hmm. poem, um, this poem really kind of speaks to that experience while also not directly calling it out. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you said earlier about, you know, p- people with disabilities not exactly having um, experience in relationships and, you know, getting excited when something happens right away so you know they're like that was me I was all excited you know um yeah so I I didn't see anything wrong until it happened um because you know so I was all excited and because we haven't been given we we don't we often um let me try the words again we often uh as disabled people often tend to date later and tend to enter relationships later in our lives because of just we didn't get the chance in high school to be to mm-hmm. try things out and to learn and yeah, to know exactly. what's appropriate and what's not appropriate so I really like this poem because it really spoke to not in the same way but for me how many times I've been I've been deceived by somebody that I thought I cared about and they hurt me or they said something inappropriate or they were rude or they were just mm-hmm. unkind because of my disability and you don't find out till later 
Oh, yeah. Like, I remember in high school, I dated a guy for a few months. And then at the end, he called me to break up with me. And then he's like, oh, I only dated you because I felt sorry for you. I'm like, okay. Oh, no. That's the worst. And I'm so sorry like, that, people, that people are such trash humans. Like, that's horrible. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so that was that. And, um, yeah. Th- that sounds really... That sounds really not fun at all um one of the things you wanted to talk about in the questionnaire one of the things you brought up a couple times when you sent in your questionnaire to me was that you wanted to talk about how it's really hard for you to have a sex life when people fetishize your disabled body and we talk about being fetishized all the time and i'd love to hear from you bailey what is being what is being fetishized like for you and what and and how and how are you fetishized and how do you how do you wish that you weren't fetishized Hmm. well first of all men stop it (laughs) and um i don't know like i've had some weird experiences like you know people would come up to me and say oh you know i love a woman in a wheelchair or you know like do your do your lady parts work and it's like, oh my gosh. And it's so invasive. And like, believe me, you're not the first disabled person on this show to say that. And you won't be the last one because we get it all the time. Um, what are the ways you wish people would honor your sexuality as a disabled person? What are the ways, like, rather than fetishizing you, what do you wish they would say? Um... I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, I just wish, see, in terms of like relationships, I just, I just wish the wheelchair wasn't a factor, you know? Yeah. Like the wheelchair is not really a uh, thing to be fetishized. Like disability is not some glamorous, (laughs) you know? Like just because I sit in a wheelchair and have and you you know have wheels and you know you have to walk like boohoo you have to walk like I would love to be able to walk you know I do know like I mean yeah I know you know <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> um I think you know people just see wheelchairs as oh you know like oh you're so lucky you don't have to walk to you know, two steps down the street, like, dude, I would love to be able to, to walk down the street or whatever. So I just wish wheelchairs weren't seen as some lazy person's, you know, like, like glamorous. Do you have any, do you have any poems about wheelchairs in your book? Um, do I? I don't know if I do. Um, I have a poem about what, like, kind of the why me mentality. Okay. Um, if you want to. If you want to I hear like that. I, I'm enjoying this poetry reading, so sure. 
All right, let me find it here in this book. Okay. See if I can find it. Take your time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, here it is. Okay, so it's um, is that it? She, okay, yeah. So it's called She Wonders. Okay. And, okay, so she wonders why this life was chosen for her. She wonders why she can't be somebody else. She wonders why she has to endure pain every day. She wonders why she walks with a wobble. She wonders why she'll have to spend the rest of her life in a wheelchair. She wonders when all when will all the surgeries and hospital visits end. Um, she wonders why and how people can be so mean sometimes. She wonders why she has such a hard time making and keeping friends. She wonders why people don't like her. She wonders why she's so messed up. She wonders why she can't do something right for a change. She wonders why she just can't be happy. So that was called She Wonders. Um, and just so you know, She Wonders is basically my brain at 2 a.m., <laughs> Yeah. When I can't sleep and I have anxiety about my disability, and I like I love that poem because it's it's quick, it's simple, but it really does speak to what so many of us feel inside as disabled people, but we never share with anybody. And it's the inner narrative that we feed ourselves all the time, but we don't ever tell anybody that we're feeling. So I really, yeah. really appreciate that you that you've kind of uncovered that in the poetry. Like, thank you. And I love that you use wheelchair in there and I love you use like you ask two questions like when will all this hospital stuff end and when will all this illness end and these are things that so many of us grapple with I think I think you know you have and I'm sure there are other poets out there but I think you've stumbled on a great like niche of disability themed poetry that you could totally run with and totally expand on and like make something really really powerful and or continue to make really, really powerful stuff. Thank you. No, I think I think it's really, 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 it's really important, the the creative stuff you're putting out in the world. And I, I just really, I was really honored to be able to hear some. Um, and I, I know the audience listening will also, but hopefully it's resonating with somebody out there listening today. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was honored to be able to read some for you. Well, it was fantastic. And now I want to, I want to get a copy of your book because I'm, if there's more stuff like this, like there's, it's just, it's really great. And thank you for the opportunity. I want to shift gears for one second. Um, in one of your, the, the questions in the form, you mentioned to me that you haven't really had a lot of experience sexually. And I'm curious if your disability in your spina bifida or your depression or, or both play a role in why you haven't really had a lot of experiences in in terms of sex and and then I also wanted to ask you if you could 
tell us if there's one sexy or sexual experience that you're dying to have that you haven't had yet. <laughs> well, I definitely think my disability plays a role in that um, and the lack of. Um, although I'm sure there are people who fetishize disability and, and would love to have sex with a, with a disabled girl, creeps. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think people are just afraid of what they don't know when they're uneducated. And I myself am very uneducated uh, regarding the topic of, you know, sex and, of you sex. know, all, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm no expert. <laughs> it went now. Now, is there any kind of education that you wish you had around sex and disability that would be helpful for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, you know, in school when I did when I did sex ed, you know, it was all very basic stuff. And so much has changed in the world now in terms of education and how they teach and and everything. And and I just I wish I could do it all over again and and learn and and just you know like be more um active in my in, in learning you know taking an active role i guess in and having an interest because i really have never tell you i really have never had an interest in having sex i like really doesn't well do i wonder then i wonder then and this I'm not dying, I'm not suggesting this is true I'm just wondering I wonder because there are a lot of disabled people who identify as asexual or a a like maybe that's something you would want to explore if that feels comfy for you yeah I mean I've actually thought about it um, before but I don't know if I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm not interested because I haven't had any experience with it. You know, and once I have experience with it, then, hey, I might like it and want more. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know what? You're you're allowed as a disabled person to decide what feels good for you and decide if it's OK right now. And if you just if you discover that you aren't into sex, that's that's also a totally valid thing. And I know how much we I know how much in, in the sexuality community when we're disabled, we fight. And so, yeah. I, I like sex like everybody else and it's but it's okay if you if that doesn't jive for you it's all right like you're yeah. not in I just feel life. like I wouldn't I just feel like I wouldn't know what to do I'll just lay there and don't know what to do <laughs> believe me I've had a lot I've had a lot of sex and oftentimes I still don't know what to do so don't worry you're not alone there um oh, you're definitely goodness. not you're not you're not alone in that at all um <laughs> I had such fun sitting down with you today. It was so great. Uh, I want to give the listeners the chance to buy your book and support you. How can they do that? Yeah. So if you would like to buy uh, the many personalities of me, um, 
here it is. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, that's well, well, that's the most popular. It's also on Kobo, um, Indigo, um, Barnes and Noble, um, and Apple, and several other platforms. <laughs> so yeah, and it's called the Many Personalities of Me. And yeah, I hope you nice. check it out. I hope you like it. And I'll make sure that all of that stuff's in the show notes. Um, and because all of you listening today got to hear a sneak peek of the book, now you should want to run out and go get a copy. And I think supporting disabled artists is really important. And please so, leave a review. Yes. Reviews are important. They, they really help. They really help getting the word out there. So if you read The Many Personalities of Me by Bailey G., Please, I just realized that rhymed. The Many Personalities of Me by Billy G. Uh, please leave a review. Um, follow, and how can they follow you on social media also? Yeah, so on Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me by just typing in Bailey G Poetry. Okay. I'll, and... I'll make sure that all those links are in our show notes too. So if anybody wants to follow you and or have a have collaborations we can do that oh i would love to collaborate with people if anybody wants i i know there are poets out there listening who want to yeah it. let's go let's do it maybe somebody could do like an epic poem let's go. That, that could be super fun yeah yeah so <laughs> so hit up bailey and i'll make sure that all that's in the show notes for today uh Billy G, this was such a fun interview. Thank you for sitting down with me today. Andrew, thank you so much. Anytime. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Th thanks, and we'll talk very soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark. From me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza underscore or you can follow my website www.andrewgerza.com to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, presented, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including audio recordings, graphics, and music cannot be used or distributed without express permission by the owner, Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. If you would like to use any part of the podcast for your use in a classroom or in any other setting, please consider emailing me at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright Notice 2022